just being out in nature with no, nowhere, nobody around by yourself. It's amazing. Yeah, that's my favorite part. And then taking like a gnarly drop or something. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to the Joyride. Hey there, Joyriders. This is Kat Caparello. I write a blog called Girl Eats Bike, and you are listening to episode 11 of the Joyride podcast, celebrating women on bikes. You're in for a treat today, friends, because you're about to meet artist and mountain biker Casey Shepard from Case of the Nomads. Case of the Nomads is a year-long, well, 14-month road trip where Casey's been visiting art and mountain biking communities to connect with others. With the help of her brother, she converted a Ford Transit Connect into a living and workspace and then packed up her jewelry artist studio, her dog, and her bike to go live a life on the road. In this episode, we are obviously going to dig into that experience, but we're also going to talk about tubeless tires, living in a van down by the river, finding community on the road and the trail, and pickles. You'll find all the links that we discuss at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride 011. So let's get into it with the one and only Casey Shepard. Casey Shepard, welcome to the joyride. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, you. You're so welcome. It's good to see you. It's good to meet you. Yeah, it's awesome to meet you too. You're doing some cool things out there. Where in the world are you? Uh, I'm in a small town called Brockway, Pennsylvania. Brockway, Pennsylvania. Where Where in Pennsylvania is that? It's about two hours north of Pittsburgh. Okay. Literally in the middle of nowhere, about 3,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're not from there. No, I'm right. originally from Nebraska. So tell me a little bit about why you are in Brockway, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm in Brockway. I'm working with an art center here for a couple months uh, called Brockway Center for Arts and Technology. Focuses on kids, um, uh, pretty much an after-school program, giving them uh, a place to go and work and do art. It's free for them and they get to use all sorts of materials and tools. And so I'm actually visiting there. Um, it's part of my year long road trip to connect with art and bike communities. So that is, sounds like really fantastic. I've done some research. We're going to link up everything in the show notes so that everybody can see pictures of Jones and of some of the various things that you've done out there. Tell me about your Case of the Nomads project. Uh, yeah, Case of the Nomads, it's a year long. It actually is going to end up being 14 months road trip. Um, I wanted to combine my loves in life, which is um, art and metals with biking and traveling. And so um, it kind of evolved and became this big community gathering trip which is just like ever it's ever evolving and changing every day it seems like but it's just this one in a lifetime experience 
So to be really clear, you are living out of a converted Ford Transit, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's not. This is not like a like you are bike touring all over the country necessarily. No, that would be great. But no, um, I am. Yeah, it's about thirty-eight square feet. It's a live-in workspace. And my metalsmithing studio's there. I sleep there. Um, sometimes, you know, I stay with people, but mainly my home right now is Jones, my van. Can you like put some pins in the map for me? And yeah, where have you been? Um, oh my gosh! I so yeah, Josh. I went from LA, Joshua Tree, up to Ketchum, Idaho, to met, meet with Rebecca Resch. She was my first stop. Um, and help out with their real girls camp, which was amazing. And then went to Bend, Oregon, went up to meet with Cat Sweet and helped out with, uh, the gravity girls up there, um, up in Seattle, then came, I have a map over here so I can look and be like, Oh, I know where I went. Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, Nebraska, uh, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York City, Maine, Asheville, went back to Nebraska, went to California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, and now back in Pennsylvania. Wow. That is insane. Like in a good way. And also... Well, some days it's a bad way because it's like 20,000 miles already. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good too. That's a lot. Like how, how long do you stay in one spot? Um, it's anywhere from a couple hours <laughs> to actually like a month. It really just depends on the area. Um, like in West, I went to Western in Michigan, the university there and, uh, gave a lecture and I literally was there for two hours. And now with Brockway, Pennsylvania, I'll be here for two months. So it just really depends on the opportunity. So just depends. So. I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about, tell me a little bit, because I know that this is incorporating art and biking yeah, um, and mountain biking primarily, right? That's yes. Like, that's your jam. That's my jam. I mean, I do like distance just because it's like that painful, like you get from one point to the other and that's pretty rad to get there by bike. But yeah, mountain biking is like yeah, the, the thing. Do you remember your first bike? Do you remember when you first learned to ride, et cetera? Oh, yeah, five years ago. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, I mean, I rode as a kid until I was about five years old. I remember making a ramp. I was a tomboy, and I dragged my brother out, who's two years older than me, and who was just like the video game guy inside all the time. And I'd drag him out and build these ramps. And I remember my stepdad came in. He, like, took my bike away because he's like, you're going to break your tires and you're going to ruin your bike. And so I didn't really touch the bike after I was about five years old. And then I was reintroduced about five years ago. And it was really weird and strange. And it was a, I had a single-speed, rigid, 26-inch frame bike. It was amazing. And... I remember the first time going into a wilderness, which is our bike trail. It's a really awesome local beginner trail and just going, I have no idea what to do and just holding on and following my friends. And I was hooked. I was like, that was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I want to do it again. (laughs) I love that. That was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I want to do it again. So you had friends that you were, that were into mountain biking and 
did you buy that bike initially or tell me a little bit about like that moment where you're like, okay, let's dive in. Um, you know, at first it was because I was dating a guy that was into biking, like had been biking his whole life. And I wanted to kind of get involved with his life. He was getting involved with mine more. And so he bought me actually my first bike from a used bike shop. Um, but then it changed. Like I started going out and biking by myself and learning by myself because, you know, I was riding with people that I've been riding their whole life and I was super intimidated. I didn't know what to do. I never, I mean, I just couldn't figure it out. So I went and by myself and taught myself how to do it. And, um, and then it became about me and the bike and being in nature. And now it like, I'd say after about six months, it just became my thing. And so I just dove in and I was lucky enough to be supported, uh, you know, by a really great bike community in Nebraska and Lincoln. There's a huge, great community. So I relied on them for support after I got the confidence to kind of be able to stay on a bike. That was the biggest challenge because going through terrain, I was like, I don't know how to, Oh, Oh, I know how to somersault on a bike. That's great. How do I not somersault on a bike? How did you teach yourself to do anything technical? Mm. Like, um, tips for tips for a firsty or anything like that because I the technical stuff is is so intimidating to me. It is, and it's really hard. Um, the way I took it is that because I'm really stubborn and I'm I can be really shy too. I'm an outgoing person, but I can be really shy. So I watched what other people did. I watched like their movement, their feet. Um, and then I just went in and tried. I went into like one section of single track and rode it over and over again and looked at it and just rode it until I understood it and could read it. I strongly suggest it for a newcomer to go out and get a little bit of training. Go to your bike shop, um, see what classes they offer. I didn't take my first class or um, I took... I went downhilling by myself. <laughs> I had gone a couple of times before, but I was on this, I did this art event. And so I was like, I'm going to go downhilling while I go. And I was scared to go by myself. So I took a, a, a coaching class with a group of people and it was so much fun. And I was like, wow, this is great. So investing in a little bit of education is huge. And IMBA is really great for that. I'm IMBA certified for my level one. And I had no idea about half the things and they're basic, simple things. And they're really amazing. So like hanging out with somebody that's IMBA certified to coach, you can learn the basics so fast and you're, it will just catapult you. What was the spark for your art metal bikey? I'm going to live in a van down by the river. I don't really mean that, but like, what well, it, it is that because I even give lectures to youth and I inspire, I try to inspire them. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm innovation. I'm a motivational speaker that sometimes I'm down by the river. We'll have to get you like a really small jacket. Something. <laughs> um, so many people are going to have no idea what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah. So what was the spark for that though? Uh, the spark. Well, you know, I was doing the typical, um, artist thing, you know, okay, maybe it wasn't so typical. I was living in LA, um, working and trying to make joy for arts or for rock stars. It was like my dream. I'm like, Oh, um, and I was doing it and it wasn't making me happy. And I was taking all these calculated 
kind of maneuvers that everyone kind of has taken before living like these successful life and none of it was making me happy. And, um, I would say listening on the radio to this woman speak Roz Savage about rowing solo across the ocean, um, after not even having any experience doing an adventure, I kind of knew that I was longing for an adventure and I guess it wouldn't come. It wasn't a spark until I actually read her book and it said at age 36 that she reinvented herself as an adventurer. And I was 36 at the, at the time of reading it. And I was like, okay, it's like, we got to do this now. This is it. And so that's kind of, that was the spark. It was the 5 a.m. wake up. Yeah, total like, oh, I see it now, universe. Okay, there you are. Yep, this is what I need to do. So how much time from the the idea, the actual seed to departure? Uh, seven months. So what did you do during that time? Uh, for the first month, I just sat on it and just um, let it sink in. Because um, this was in November, and so by like, I was home for the holidays in December. So that's when I started bouncing the idea off of other people. And then January, I started really putting it together. And then I left in July and I bought, uh, I traded, I had this great idea. I had a scion, um, just one of those four door kind of boxy scions. And I was like, I want to live in my scion. And it wasn't until three weeks before I left that I traded in my scion and my brother and I built out the van. So we did it in three weeks. Wow. And then I hit the road. So the, the van is a little bit bigger than the Scion. Are you glad you made that move? Yes. <laughs> the gas mileage, everything. I mean, the headroom. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was this really smart. Like I, Even if I wasn't on this trip, I think that van is just really awesome for an artist. It has space and has these little gadgets for you know more for purpose than for comfort, which I like. That's cool. Yeah. I'm really curious. I'm, I'm also like a kind of as a side note, we, I'm from New Jersey originally. I moved to Portland in 2013 and I moved here. We moved here with this crazy RV trip where we like sold almost all of our stuff and did an RV road trip across the country, worked full time while driving. It was insane. So so there's a little bit here where I'm, where I'm like, I feel you. What's it like? And I know what that was like. That was like a 30 foot class A, um, you know, like it looked like a bus. I was like Ralph Cramden here. So, so I, I, so I feel you a little bit when you said my scion, I was going to live in my scion. I was like, Oh dear. That's so, and I was not out for 14 months. I was out for like four. It was crazy. It's intense. Well, I mean, the Scion thing was a little like my, my mom and my brother were like, okay, we're supporting you. And they would have these side conversations without me knowing and phone calls about you convince her not to live in her Scion. You convince her to get something else. So they had like this mission and they know me so well that it just came out of, I had to do it on my own. They're like, you know, they helped once I said, maybe they're like, okay, we'll help you figure it out. Um, but it is intense. And I mean, I'm lucky enough that it's small enough that I can see. So I don't have to worry. Like a blind spot is right. super scary. Um, and backing up and, you know, now I'm like a pro people. I went to 24 hours in old Pueblo, that bike event. And, you know, the roads are super gnarly. It's totally off-roading. You got to back in and do all this crazy stuff. And all, all the guys are like, 
you're really good at that. My friend Scott's like, she's been living in her van for nine months. Of course she's good at it. She can drive that thing anywhere. <laughs> That's so awesome. There's nothing like experience. Yes, exactly. And that's what I have every moment of the day, all the time. That's what it's about, right? Oh, completely. Yeah. 100%. You can get in, your, in that box and, and put blinders on and that's, and we do that. And there are so many of us that do that. And it's just like, we're, we're taught that that safety is a thing that's supposed to make us feel really good, but it's living actually. Yeah. yeah. And even on the road, sometimes I can get in that blinder too. And I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, I, I do this thing where I watch, I did a, like a slideshow to say thank you to all the people and show, you know, like my year, the past year of like preparing for this trip. And then, so it's from like January to December or January to January. And I just look back at that and go, whoa, okay, this is super cool. All right, keep at it, you know, because you get, I mean, 12 months, 14 months, it becomes routine in life in a way. And you can take it for granted at times. And by going back and reflecting, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is awesome. Okay, what else can we do? How can we push it even further? Keeps the ball rolling. Keep the ball rolling. So all the place you've been, all the places that you've been, Mm-hmm. Um, cause you've traveled all over the place and I can't wait to see a picture of that map. Um, you've, you ride your bike pretty much every place unless you are just kind of popping in for two hours. Yeah, usually I yeah. try to, um, and there are times like last September I was, I think I hit 10 schools in a month and, you know, by doing visits and giving lectures. And so that month I didn't ride near as much as I wanted to, um, and so the beginning of the trip, I kind of worked a little bit more because I was scared. You know, you get freaked out. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. You know, I still have bills and and it's expensive to live on the road. You think it's cheaper to live on the road. It's actually more expensive to live on the road than to stay in one place. So um, I was really freaked out by that. So I really made an effort that the second part I'm writing like a ton more, like all the time. So I'm just like getting on the bike, even if it's like, a miserable gravel ride or a flat trail. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to go ride. Just get out on the bike. Got to get on the bike. It keeps me sane. I can't not be on that damn thing. <laughs> I love it too much. That, yeah. Awesome. Um, I got kind of stuck in a moment. Cause I'm like, I'm like, how, so is your bike on the back of the van? It is. I'm like thinking about that. Like I was yeah. like, hmm. so I had this really great idea to be really, you know, safety was the first thing. Um, and so my brother and I figured that, you know, the back doors kind of swing open. And so I wasn't going to actually get a hitch because I have a Thule, I used to have a Thule T2, which was, you know, that attached to the hitch and it, it comes down. Um, and we just thought, well, what if I need to get out of the back of the van and I can't from the back? Um, so, they don't make a bike rack for a van for Ford Transit Connect. So we got one that's just like the one for a trunk and we literally bolted it into the back of the, my door. And it, it took us 12 hours the night before I left. And I, I had a temper tantrum and was like, I'm just not going to bring it. And my brother's like, it's a bike trip and an art trip. You got to bring it. So we just drilled it in. That what a, What a fantastic way to like – 
resolve that problem. And it's like, yep, you're on there now. Yep, you're not going anywhere. So you can actually like open up the the doors in the back and your bike stays on. And yeah, that yeah. sounds awesome, actually, like a really good resolution. It works. I'm just I was terrified for like the first month that it would the whole thing would just fall off. You know, I'm like, great, this is going to fall off the back and just like destroy somebody else's car. But that was old. That was so long ago now. That this was- is like... Now I'm like, whatever. It's like old hat. You got it figured out. I don't even worry about that stuff now. So in all the places that you've been, um, tell me about your favorite rides. Like where have you really enjoyed riding? Um, I really love riding in Arizona. Um, Like Sedona. Oh my God. I didn't even know Sedona existed. And that is just like beautiful terrain, amazing trails. They keep up with their trails, which is really nice. It is a little touristy strong, but um, there, the trails are so vast. It was really great. Um, Issaquah where I did that, you know, the bike training with cat suite, the, there's a place called Duthie park, which is where we had our bike camp, but man, Oh, you don't have to like go and do like one feature. It's like, there's a, if you want to do drops all day, you can just ride this thing, go back around and do a bunch of drops. If you want to practice jumps all day, you just literally just go to this one little spot and practice jumps all day. So it's really has this really awesome bike park feel to it. Um, and I really like riding in uh, Texas, like Northern Texas. There's a lot of rocks. Like I like rocks. That's kind of my thing. Um, I like roots too and like forests, but I really like, they're really technical. So I like rocks. So those are kind of the, the, the gist of the places. Awesome. Yeah. Arizona is pretty amazing. I want to hit up Utah. I still got it. That's still on the list. That's part of the trip, but not yet. When you come back through. Yeah. Because you're headed back out this way, out west. Yes. Yeah. I am. Uh, July, I need, I'm supposed to be, um, I'll be back with Cat Suite coaching um, for the, a little bit of the summer and then heading up to BC, hopefully for my first downhill race with Whistler. That's the plan. And then coming back through and down and yeah, hitting all that up. <laughs> nothing like squeezing it all in in the last two months you know well you may as well right yeah I mean because who knows when are you going to do this again well I, I've ex- I've decided to keep doing it awesome yeah I think for I have some other adventure plans that I want to do for 2017 that will need a, quite a bit planning but I think I'm just going to continue I love living in my van I don't want I don't want to live anywhere else I love riding my bike I love connecting with, you know, um, young students and K through 12 students, especially girls that I just think, wow, if, if someone like me came through my school, I would be like, oh my gosh, you can li- make your living off of being an explorer and adventurer and no way. I had no idea. So that's kind of been like a new placement of my mission. It's just spreading the word that anyone can do anything they set their mind to. Thanks for doing that, by the way. Um, I, I think that there are so many. It, we're, in, we're in this really amazing place in time where because of digital technology, I think everybody can get their message out there. You know, everyone's got a movie studio in their pocket practically. Right. And that's really fantastic to, you know, to spread that word. And so that girls and young women can see 
all of the different varieties of life that you can live. Um, but there's nothing quite like getting that in person because this yeah. digital thing is like yes. removed. So thanks for doing that. Cause I think somebody it's, it's good work and some people have to do it. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm just excited that I can. I feel like I'm like, Oh, I'm totally spoiled. I'm going to go do this. And other people are like, I don't want to go do that. I can't believe you're doing it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I can't believe you're staying there. So it works. You know, people have to do what's right for them. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing, finding what's right for you. Yeah, totally. And knowing, having like a fully informed menu yeah. of choices oh, or knowing yeah. that you can order off of the menu. Yes. Yeah. I know. Like the first time going in and out burger, it's like they have what? <laughs> animal? Double animal? No in and out burger. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your, I know, I'm like, I think they just opened an In-N-Out burger somewhere in Oregon. Hmm, no, no, don't mm -hmm. think about this. There's not one over here. I wish there was. Um, tell me about your level of mechanical comfort on the bike. Mm. Yeah. That is something I want to start working on. Um, I remember the first time someone took my back wheel off and they, because I don't know what happened. Maybe I got a flat tire or something. Um, this is when I was really new riding and they couldn't put my wheel back on because of my gearing and, um, and my derailleur. And they were, and it was like five cyclists and they had no idea. And I was stuck. And so I had to call and have my boyfriend come pick me up. And how embarrassing was that to be like, Oh, I don't know how to put my bike together. And five other cyclists didn't know. So at that moment, I really wanted to take it upon myself that I was really self-sufficient on the bike and knew as much as I could. Um, it is a continued battle uh, because it's really, it's, it's hard. Like mechanics are hard. Um, so that's something I really want to focus on and help pass the word on. And I want to get more education. So that's something that's like the next step for my training is now that I'm certified to coach, I really think that mechanics need to be the next part of, of my education. So, I mean, I would make things work. I'm the type of person, like if something falls off, I'll just zip tie it or duct tape it back on and figure it out once I get done. I don't let it hold me back. And I, I would imagine that as an artist, especially as a metal worker, you do have a certain amount of comfort uh, for, with like working with your hands. And I know it's a different kind of work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I mean, working with tools, I grew up with tools so I can totally, you know, I just, I have no problem trying, you know, I'm MacGyver. I totally, I'm all about that. Figure it out. And I do have a comfort, um, for people that don't have a comfort with it. I would just talk to somebody that does. And I do have to say, I hate, I don't want to pull like the gender thing, but I do think there is a difference between talking to like a woman mechanic and a, a male mechanic. Um, I just think the terminology is a little bit different. And I think that, I think since guys usually um, have been bike mechanics way longer than women, they miss certain terms. And so I find that sometimes, even with training at times, unless they're a certified coach, they understand those certain terms. But um, it translates between mechanics and riding bikes. Sometimes if someone's been riding for 20, 30 years, they miss the basic terms that are really ne necessary for beginners. It's an interesting way to look at it. I've, I mean, the gender dynamic is there. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not there and that's awesome. Yeah. But 
a lot of times it's there, but I, but I hadn't thought of it as like somebody who is still has a beginner mind or mm-hmm. who is not so far removed from the beginner mind, um, that they're still relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty important. I'd never thought of that as a piece of the puzzle. Five other cyclists couldn't figure out how to do it either. You know, it must've been like kind of a pretty funky setup. I don't think it was. I just don't think, I think that shows how many people really don't know about their bike. I, cause looking, I mean, even now I'm, it's not a problem. I think, I think back, I'm like, I can't believe nobody knew how to do that. It's just weird. It blows my mind. I mean, they were cross racers too. So maybe that had to do with it. <laughs> a little, a little subcultural bike humor for you. <laughs> um, at this point though you're comfortable with changing with changing a flat and with doing oh, all yeah. oh yeah do you yeah get- i even booted one for I, I did a bike race in uh arkansas it was at imba it was salmo's revenge it was a imba epic 50 mile and i was determined the year before i couldn't even get half i barely got halfway and so i was like i'm gonna finish this race and seven miles in my tire got slashed the wall of my tire and I booted it with a dollar bill and I just nursed it the whole way with the pump and just was like, you know what, we're making it. So yeah, I'll, I'll make it happen. It's gone. Make it happen. <laughs> I love that. It's really fun attitude. I have not had to boot anything. Let's knock on wood here. Make sure you keep those dollar bills in your, your pack. Yeah. And I've heard like, amazing like gel wrappers too. Yeah. Those work. work too. I think a dollar bill is the best, but gel wrappers work too. I'm going to see if I can find an example video of what that is. That's basically when your when your tire gets cut in such a way that you need to put something in it so that the tube doesn't pop through. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm tubeless. So that's one thing ah. I learned too, is how to do my own tubeless setup, which is really simple. I mean, the key with doing tubeless is making sure you first of all, you have the setup, but second is an air compressor. And then you're totally fine. Then you don't have to pay $200 for a bike mechanic to do it. Mm. And so I'm tubeless. And so that's, yeah. So when I have to put in a tube and, you know, you're in rock area, slashes your wall open and the tube wants to pop through. Mm. That's so, like, the mountain biking thing is so intimidating to me. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's just, like, for me it's just been technical, the technical stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I'm at a point where I'm proficient with road and touring. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Even the idea of like, okay, tubeless. All right. How does that like, how does that work? And then if you get a flat, do you have to have a different kind of pump to make sure no. that you can get do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so all of those questions are things that come up for me as, as a totally oh, someone looking so from the So once outside. you go tubeless, you won't go back. I mean, <laughs> I was tubeless on my cross bike. You can go tubeless on your road bike because you don't get flats. It's amazing. You go over thorns, you don't get flats. They seal back up. Stands is the best, by the way. You can't use any other tubeless sealant. Stands is the only one to use. All right. All you right. Talk. You email me questions. We're I'll get learn. Yeah. Right We'll, we'll, maybe we can, I'm we'll converting have, you. We'll have another conversation about that. Cause yeah, because yeah, because I have so many questions about it. Stands <laughs> to bliss. Let's write that down. The only way to go. So speaking of the only way to go, um, uh-huh. 
can you give me some, uh, do you want to give some shout outs to some bike shops that you love? I know you said yet yeah, there's a really great community in Lincoln. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, yeah. If you have um, some shops that you've encountered that you want to show some love to, but I'll link them up here. Yeah. I mean, my, my shop, I mean, I ride for the pirate cycling league in Nebraska. They do a gravel race every year. It's 150 miles of epic gravel in Nebraska. And I got to help out last year. Um, and I usually try to donate jewelry to them for the winners. Um, usually not the, some, I like to do people that like, like last people or people that just like, I think this year I'm going to randomly pick a number and be like, okay, number 38, you get this piece. Cause I, you know, winners, I mean, it's great that you win, but I mean, I'd rather have it more about participating. So anyway, so gravel world, PCL, they're, they're, they're my crew. Um, Bike shops, like Absolute Bike Shops in Sedona, were really great and super helpful with me. Um, even Planet Bikes here near Dubois, and that is a weird name. That is D-U-B-O-I-S. So Dubois, but they say Dubois. Um, also, oh, what other bike shops? I'm trying to think. You know, there's I ride with, like, the drunk cyclists. <laughs> In uh, in Arizona, um, even like Emba, I'm a huge, huge supporter of Emba. I'm Emba certified now, but they are like, they're they're trying to make stuff happen, and they're just amazing to me. I love Emba. I'm an Emba whore completely, 100%. <laughs> it's good to be a fan. It's good to find your people. I think. Yeah, yeah, and Cat uh, Sweet. Um, I know she's not a bike shop, but she is. Super amazing supporter of, um, and her crew up there are some of their, these women that are riding stronger and more gnarly than the guys. I mean, they're just rocking it. They're jumping it. They're dropping it. They go up to Whistler all the time. I mean, like Karen, Meg, Lauren, they're some of the most amazing people, most badass riders I've ever met. And I hope to one day even come like 1% of what they are. They totally inspire. It's so much fun. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing about riding? You know, there's, there's a lot. Uh, the freedom of being on a bike, um, being able to go anywhere you want to go. Um, the challenges. I feel like everything that I've done in my bike parallels my life. And so I never really think I understood life until I started riding my bike and was like, oh my gosh, this is just like life. Like, you know, climbing up a, a hill, how difficult it is, but then how fun it is to go down it and literally falling down and hurting yourself. But um, it just kind of keeps me sane. I have this little bit of uh, adrenaline. I don't cons consider myself an adrenaline junkie, but I do need to exert my adrenaline to keep me sane. So um, just being out in nature was no nowhere nobody around by yourself. It's amazing. Yeah. That's my favorite part. And then taking like a gnarly drop or something. <laughs> Do you ever um, consider doing the bike packing thing? I am. I'm actually, Ooh, I'm doing my first one right now. I'm training for it. Um, I really love, I did AIDS life cycle in 2000 and 13, wait, 
14, I think, 2014 from San, so San Francisco to Los Angeles. Um, and I specifically did that not only because it's a phenomenal organization, but um, I wanted to be introduced to bike touring, and I thought it was a great way to be introduced since you don't have to carry anything really with you. Um, but now I'm going to be doing, um, I think, the beginning of June – 10 days I'm going to do a solo bike tour. Um, there's a rails to trails. So I'm going to ride from Pittsburgh to DC round trip. So it's about 670 miles round trip. Oh, it's cool. That's so Allegheny, Allegheny yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. The gap trail. It's like the great Allegheny path, <laughs> the big P word path. <laughs> so, and that's going to be like a touring setup or are you going to have the bags strapped to the bike? Like, uh, uh, I'm going to have the bag strapped to that. That's what I'm figuring out now because I kind of gave up. I didn't, I, I did long distance. I used to do a lot of gravel and I kind of gave that up because it just was so painful. Um, and now I like the touring though. I want to start like being self-sufficient and I really want to see what it feels like to be alone for 10 days and camp by myself for 10 days. So the dog's going to be staying with a friend. So the van's going to be staying with a friend. They're, they've got sitters. That's awesome. It's me and Skidmark. I'm just going out. So Karate monkey. The karate monkey. Yeah, so I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll send you photos. I'll let you know yeah. how it's out. I'm planning that, figuring that out right now. Yeah, maybe we can connect again after that, after you do. Because you haven't done one of the – or you did the the life cycle thing, but that was supported. Yeah, but that was supported. Yeah. Like they had food ready for you when you roll in. The only thing I had to do was set up my tent. And they had showers. They had masseuse and movies. And I, I think I'm going to have some temper tantrums on this one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be different. It's, it's like, uh, the bike touring bike camping thing is like definitely one of my favorite things. It's the thing that I super nerd out over. Um, so it'll be fun to kind of check in after that and see how, see how things went and kind of debrief. Yeah. I'll have to pick your brain too and be yeah. like, that's what I'm doing. Like figuring out. Yeah. It's, it's a whole nother beast. I'm excited though. It is. We'll talk more about that for sure. What? kind of bike snacks do you like what do you like to eat on the bike pre-ride after you ride like where do you go with that well I have um I have a gluten allergy so um that has made it really fun (laughs) but um bike snacks have been really easy because they're they're most of them are gluten free um I do a lot of um kind bars cliff bars um when I'm riding, because I don't like to take the time, um, I do a lot of bacon, chocolate, and peanut butter together. Um, and then, but pre, I try to eat as much. Um, I'm a healthy eater. I don't eat a lot of candy bars or anything unless I'm riding my bike. I need that sugar to keep me going. Um, so before pre-ride, I eat like um, – some cereal or a sweet potato or banana or granola bar during ride. Um, I love margarita gel blocks, those gel shots. Cause I need salt too. So I actually, I salt everything. I've been with my training right now since I'm doing long distance, not so much for mountain biking, but for long distance, I have to up my salt. So I just salt everything and drink a lot of pickle juice. I carry pickle juice with me sometimes when I do long distances because I get cramp, I'm prone to cramps and electrolytes. I stay away from Gatorade. 
um, because I feel like it's more calories. So I do more kind of like that electrolyte spray. I can't remember what it's called, but just sprays into your water. And then after ride, whatever I want and everything. How do you carry pickle juice with you on a ride? A water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) I have it dissonated. Oh, I know. I'm the weirdo with the pickle juice. I'm like, but I need it. I think it's, I think it's, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think it's brilliant because I realized that I am, I need more salt. I've never, I had never realized that until the last long ride that I was on and I was cramping and I'm like, I am not taking care of myself. With when just you don't water. know, like everyone's like salt is bad. And when I started doing like long, well, and I never liked salt on my food. So I didn't even like put salt on my food. I never really ate salty foods. And I remember I did this, um, it's a tour of dirt roads. It's a Nebraska event and it was 66.6 miles, but I took it upon myself to ride 20 miles to the event. And then 20, it was a 113 mile day for me. And I got cramps at mile like 30 and cramped all the way. And people are like, you need salt. And so I drank a bottle of pickle juice. They had a jars at the store and pickle juice is disgusting to me. And I downed the whole bottle and I was like, okay, introduce salt into my body now. So I just salt everything. That's good to hear that. Um, and it's good to hear that as another solution. And I kind of like pickle yeah. juice. So whatever, I have a good excuse. I love it now. Now I'm like, oh, I can't get enough of it. Don't come over to my house and eat the pickles without consulting with me first. I'll get you a fresh you jar. You down in your pickle juice. Um, so awesome. So um, if you could go on a bike ride anywhere with anybody, who and where and why? I would say with my brother in Nepal. I mean, I mean, I've been dying to go to Nepal and my brother is the funniest person in the world and he's not really a, a biker, but he will go and do whatever and he's the best travel companion and I just would love to go meet the people and explore or any, I guess it would be anywhere. I would write anywhere. I don't pick favorites. Put me anywhere. But that would be like an amazing, like that is like a bucket list thing right there for me. Awesome. You know, anything else, a piece of advice for women who are thinking about trying on riding a bike, but they are whatever, fill in the blank as to why they're resistant. Um, Any piece of advice that you wish someone had given you or your favorite thing you've heard, wherever you want to go with that. Um, Find your community. Um, Even if you feel like you want to ride by yourself at the beginning, that's fine, but find your community and it may take a while to find it. Um, and if you're scared, send me an email, you know, contact whoever. Um, you just got to get out there and do it. And it's more terrifying thinking about it than actually doing it. And once you take that first step, you're going to be hooked and it's done. So you just got to keep at it. Casey, where can people connect with you? Uh, my website is caseofthenomads.com. Uh, my email address is caseofthenomads at gmail.com. Awesome. And so I'm, and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's all Case of the Nomads. We'll link it, link it all up in the show notes, um, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, cool. Hey, I am so appreciative of your time. Thanks for joining us from Brockway, Pennsylvania. Oh, I forgot. One person I forgot to mention. Tell me. Which I can't believe. I'm so glad I remembered. Oh, is good. Josie Smith. Oh, yeah. Josie's, Josie's awesome. That's how we got and, connected. Yeah. Decorah Bicycle Shop. 
yeah, done. They're like amazing. And Josie's like the most amazing man. That girl. Have you gone out and ridden with her yet? No. Yeah, you got to go ride with her. I have not met Josie. And I need to do something about that mountain biking thing for sure. We'll ride when I come out there. When I come see you, we'll go ride. We'll take right. baby steps. I will take that Pepsi challenge. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. This was so great. Casey Shepard, everybody. There you have it, folks. I've had so much fun chatting with Casey and cannot wait to meet her in person so she can give me a little one-on-one -on -one MTB clinic. Heaven help me. And her, I guess, too. Next week on the Joyride, I'm going to chat with Gretchen Howell, who's in the middle of a solo North American bike tour. You do not want to miss that, so make sure that you subscribe up. As always, I'd be honored if you left a review or a rating in iTunes or shared the show with even just one woman who you think might enjoy it. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or know someone else who you think would be a good fit to be a guest and doesn't mind talking about bike snacks, go on over to bit.ly forward slash joyride guest. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash joyride guest and send me a note. I appreciate your time and your attention. Remember, friends, Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Take care of yourselves and each other. Keep moving forward. And until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride. Casey Shepard, welcome to the joyride.